Blog Talk Radio. Welcome. This is Marsha Nelson with The New Feminine Wealth. I'm so happy that you're joining today for my show. I have a repeat guest back by popular demand, Jen August. She was here with us two weeks ago, and she is a hypnotist with an extensive background working with women, and she's especially effective working with women around their issues about money. And how many women do you know who have no issues about money? (laughs) <laughs> Nobody comes to mind for me. So this is so um, uh, so pa- such a powerful subject. The New Feminine Wealth radio show is all about helping women transform our limitations around money, our unease around money. Even when we have a lot of money, we often still feel uncomfortable about it. And there's a million reasons why. It might be that we don't know what to do with it, or we were raised to think that money was bad, or that we would be judged, or maybe we've even lost some friendships over it. On the other hand, there's also a feeling of, gosh, you know, I could have it now, but I could lose it at any time. So it's hard to have a real feeling of trust, ease, and joy around money. I want to emphasize that word joy because most of us are not brought up to think of money as a joyful thing. Mm-hmm. If we're too happy about money, we might seem greedy. If we get too happy about money, other people are going to judge us even more. There's all kinds of, of concerns and um, hesitations that we have about being joyful and at ease in our relationship with money. So Jen August is going to help us with that. And I want to really emphasize, I'm, I'm, today we're really going to talk about um, women becoming comfortable having money. There are all kinds of shows and books and so on, uh, classes and so on, about how to uh, be more positive if you don't have money or how to earn more money or how to change those circumstances, I think one big piece that's missing is we're simply not taught how to be at ease and joyful with money. So this show today is very much about that. It benefits women who already have money and it benefits women who need a new mindset for the, on their path to uh, becoming affluent to the degree that their heart and their soul really has intended for them. Jen August, welcome back, and I'm so glad you're with me again today. Yeah, so great to be here. So great to be here. Such an important topic. You know, I got a lot of feedback last time um, that what you were talking about was spot on for people. Mm. And just let's do it. What I'd like to do is, is start out introducing the topic a little bit more 
and then introducing you a little bit more because you're going to be a recurring guest. You're going to be coming back uh, next month, and um, it's important, I think, that we get to what is the heart of this work for you. So to start, just a brief recap of our last conversation, and listeners can definitely go to the replay of that show, and this sh- the replay of this show will be there too uh, very soon, and that's at uh, sylviaglobal.com, and just look for uh, my picture on the homepage and the new Feminine Wealth. Um, you, you, you started out really talking to us about this event that happens, which you called the original heartbreak. Tell us briefly mm-hmm. what's around money. <clears throat> so um, basically, um, as children, um, you know, when you see a, a little kid that is before they have any programming happen to them, they're just joyful and they're the light of the world and the, everything belongs to them and everyone's their friend and, you know, it's, it's, a, it's, a, 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 it's, it's the natural joy that each of us have that we never really lose, but often we get it covered up with programming. So the original heartbreak is a moment, whether it was something that was just a, a subtle, you know, something that happened or whether it was abuse or whether it was just a situation or something they saw, um, that you get the message that it's not safe to be who you are. And um, and that what happens when we get that imprint is there is a part of us that kind of becomes our inner critic and make sure that we don't do or say or uh, the things that we did that created that original heartbreak or that moment. So it's kind of a negative self-judgment system. Um, and the, what, what money, you know, money is, um, it's a form of receiving. And I say there's no such thing as money problems, there's only receiving problems. Now, when people are able to receive money, the next step is, you know, there, there's um, there's no problem with having money except for our belief around what that means. So when I talk about um, creating a new relationship with money, the first thing I ask people to do is take a look at what money equals right now in their lives. You know, so um, for a woman who has a lot of wealth, there could be, and, and look at the negative aspects. So money equals what? Does that mean that she's lost friends? Does that mean that, um, people don't take her problem seriously because she has money. Like, what does money equal that isn't currently comfortable? And then creating the new vision for what they want money to equal so that they could be peaceful, joyful, and enjoy the abundance that they manifested. You know, this is profound in that most people don't even think that money is about receiving. Mm. It's about doing, it's sometimes about scrambling, it's sometimes about creating a real imbalance in your life, go, 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 or it's about making sure that you let people know that you're doing good things with it, that you're Mm -hmm. generous, and so on. And I almost never hear anybody talk about, oh, yeah, well, Money is really about receiving, and and there's a way of having money that is about be, just being a being a good receiver, being in a re, in a very at ease, calm, slightly joyful, receptive state, which is mm-hmm. the 
the ideal state for receiving love as well. Right. These are profound receiving states that in our culture we have not been taught to cultivate, but I think they that profound receiving state is one of the most powerful assets we can have. Absolutely, and it's it's a very natural uh, feminine energy to receive. Um, but oftentimes, uh, growing up, we might have experiences where, um, and there's two things that happen. Either people are, um, you know, they they over-received or they got overwhelmed by someone or they felt overpowered by someone's energy or they didn't receive enough. And you could really see the way someone uh, is with their money based on what kind of um, experiences they had growing up. Um, you know, it, it, so for example, if someone maybe had an overpowering parent um, and an overwhelming you know, or, or something very overwhelming that came at them and uh, they don't feel like receiving is safe. Um, and if you, you had someone who was neglected and had a lot of rejection, um, then they're always chasing after money. And so these these are... This is what happens when people are trying to get money, but this also shows up when people have money. So so that same paradigm of feeling overwhelmed by the money, someone that has a lot of money might find money not to be a joyful thing. It might feel overpowering. It might feel like the attention they get from it is too much. And then on the other hand, um, they might feel like um, they're even though they have a lot of money, they're always kind of chasing it or they never feel like it's enough. So they're either feeling overpowered or rejected, and that's the subconscious constructs that happen in as you're growing up. You're, and sometimes you might have a parent or a situation where you feel overpowered and rejected, and so you can flip back and forth. So for someone who doesn't have money, they're either chasing money or they're they're afraid that if money comes in, they're going to be overpowered. And if you already have money, you're you're feeling or you're afraid the money is going to take over your life or you never feel like you have enough or it's not set up in the right way. So either way, there's kind of a, an angst created about money, um, which is not a present time relationship with money. Um, and so what I help people with is creating that present time relationship with money, that money equals what? What do you want it to equal? How do you want it to feel? How do you want money in your life in a way that actually brings you joy and helps you receive it um, in a way that that benefits who you are, your mission, your happiness. You are knocking my socks off here because I noticed this in our last conversation on air. You say some of the most profound things just very quickly and matter-of-factly, and I'm going, what, 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 what? (laughs) (laughs) So so I want to... Go just back over this one more time in so we can all so we can sink in because it's one thing to understand mentally, and what makes the difference in our lives is when it can really sink in right um because you you just brought up a, a concept that had never occurred to me before about money that mm-hmm. if if our if we have a have a parent that's overpowering to us um, then it's not safe to receive. Right. And then we have trouble, obviously, not just, not only receiving receiving love or emotional intimacy, maybe, but receiving money, receiving in a, in a meaningful way, including yes. money. Right. And right. Then, on the other hand, and and some of us have one parent who is one way and one parent who is the other, and you've mentioned that even this one parent can be both. But then the unavailable parents, 
Um, and it might be, I'm guessing it might be that they're not around much, um, or such as one parent who's working a lot and is hardly home, but it can also be a parent who's simply emotionally vacant or emotionally unavailable or hard to connect with. And in that exactly. case, if, yeah, it puts us in the position of instead of having trouble receiving, although I can see how that might still be the case, but because we don't have a lot of practice there, but we, it puts us in the position of chasing, whether it's chasing yes. a relationship or uh, chasing money. And in that case of the chasing, when you're chasing, there's never a feeling of I've arrived, I'm here, and I can receive. Therefore, there's that feeling that even if we achieve our goals, we are able to earn all the money that we have set our sights on, and or we have inherited money or in some ways received it, any, any way received it, we then can't be comfortable, don't feel secure. Like there's always right. that fear, well, I could lose it. And I have, right. to, have to hold on or, ha- or have to be just internally vigilant, which is a draining state. Right, and and the, part of the challenge in in this culture is that we um, we we treat money like it's the end all be all instead of it's just reflecting our in, internal state and our internal relationship with ourselves. Um, and and the reality of it is that that um, you know part of having a, a relationship with money is is creating a new present time relationship with money because. We all, you know, uh, have a relationship that we were shown or told or experienced that someone else was having with money, but we were part of it. We witnessed it. It was our parents, our family, or our culture, or whatever. But what I, what, what is is so vital is, is to to face money in present time and say to money, you know, um, I want to know who you are in present time in my life now as opposed to all the concepts and ideas, it's like um, facing money and saying, let's start again. Let's start from scratch, and I want to know who you are to me and who I am to you, because money is really the uh, an energy, and uh, it mirrors the way, like everything mirrors the way we treat ourselves or we were programmed to treat ourselves. And so... Um, you know, if we are struggling with money in any way, having a lot or not having enough, that means there's something in us that is struggling against ourselves. There's something in us that's not peaceful with ourselves. And so when I talk about creating a new money equals, um, and it might say, I want a present time relationship with money that feels good and positive and makes me excited to have money in my life. Because just like People and things we project onto them what they mean, um, and and with with wealthy women especially, there's a lot of attention on them about the money that they have and what it means. So I would say that if there's an uncomfortable feeling around the money that they have, most of it is um, family programming and what other people are are projecting onto them about money. And so the powerful step to take is how do I want money to be in my life? What do I want it to mean for me, no matter who's around me or not around me? And being able to create an ownership of um, how they want to have a relationship with money. Um, because that's when they can begin to really own it for themselves. And it's not about having or not having based on what other people see or don't see. It's like, what do I want it to mean to me? And what are the steps I need to take to create that relationship in present time? 
So will you help us with this today? you give us some tips and think ways that we can do this? Y- yes, absolutely. The first step would be take out a piece of paper and write money equals, and you want to put like a negative, right? So money equals, what are all the negative things that money currently equals? So it could be, oh, my God, I have to manage this. I have to deal with this. You know, if it was an inheritance, I have to deal with this person that I inherited it from or whatever. It's all those things that make money not feel good in your body, mind, and spirit. So that's the first step is what is really the conversation going on consciously, subconsciously about money that is not adding to my joy, um, uh, you know. And um, and then the, the next piece of paper will be money equals in the positive. And it's what do you want money to equal in the positive? Um, one of my favorite questions when I work with people one-on-one after we look at what what's not working is what do you want instead? So really that's the question. If when it comes to money, what do you want instead? How do you want it to feel instead? Um, because if we're in pain about money, it just means that we're not able, we're not currently choosing how we want it to be in our in our world. Um, and so it's being able to say, well, if I choose that I want money to feel good, I want it to feel like it's my buddy, I want it to feel like it makes my world a better place, I have, you know, choices, then you can begin to look at what are the concepts, beliefs, and ideas that are saying uh, the opposite. And, you know, one of the most powerful ways that we can use our brain is to, um, we can literally change the neural nets in our brain by saying, once you see the negative and you see the positive, then you don't let those negative thoughts um, run around in your brain. When you, they show up, you say, you know, that's not true. The truth is my new relationship with money is this. My new relationship with money is every day and every way I'm having a better and better relationship with money. Um, so the old money thoughts are going to close your heart down, make you feel terrible, take you down the negative rabbit hole. Your new positive money thoughts are going to open you up, make you feel positive, make you feel good. So in a lot of ways, it's starting to patrol your internal playground and saying, you know what, you can't come eat me up anymore. And the more you stop the negative thought, the more those neural nets in your brain die, and you're literally changing your brain. And then the more you think the positive thoughts, then the positive neural nets grow and are nurtured. And that doesn't mean we're not going to, you're never going to think negative thoughts again. You just keep doing it until the new thought um, is the new normal. Now, what happens when people are doing that and they're saying the new positive thought, but it doesn't feel real to them? Well, the same is is that, um, you know, this is a very conscious mind um, process. And of course, there are some some things that you can really reset just by repeating over and over again the positive. And some things are just a little bit deeper and that, you know, would probably require some, you know, subconscious mind shifting work. But the way you can find out is if this is something that can just be cleared with a positive thought and something is that you do it for, you know, three months, six months, you just focus on the positive thought. Um, and it will change your brain. And there might be another layer that needs to be cleared, but really the the mind believes what you tell it over and over again. And the only reason we believe what we believe now that might be negative is that because our mind believes it. So we don't have to actually, here's the thing, in the process between changing a negative to a positive, we actually do not have to believe what we're saying. We just have to repeat it over and over again until the brain goes, oh, this must be true because they're saying it over and over again. And then the the belief follows repetition. Wow. The belief follows repetition. 
I love that. I mean, because <clears throat> you just said the mind the mind believes whatever you tell it over and over, That's whether right. it feels real to you in the moment or not. Is that right? It's the repetition. That's right. That's right. It's just retraining. It's like going to the gym and you're like, I'm going to get in shape. And you might not be in shape in the moment, but you have the vision. And that's where the vision comes in. You, in a lot of ways, it's about drawing a line in the sand and saying, I will not. I will do whatever it takes. That's why the, the concept of wealthy mind warrior um, is so powerful in my work with people. You're a warrior and you're saying, you cannot come into my village and burn everything down and steal all my crops. No. And it's it's about saying enough is enough. I will not let any part of me beat me up anymore about anything. And and I'm working specifically on creating a relationship with money. And there's a diligence and kind of a warrior energy. Um, and you got to do it and do it and do it until it shifts. And so it's just like, you know, if we work out at the gym or we go to Pilates, it's the repetition. It's not doing it a few times, you know, for a minute or two minutes, once a week, for, you know, once a week, once a week, once a week. I mean, that's very mild repetition. But if we're going three, four, five times a, a week and we're spending some time there, beginning, we don't feel strong yet, but it's definitely building. And then at some point, we do see and feel the results. Right. So, so this, this, it's that kind of repetition mm-hmm. where... You just, how often should people repeat it then? Well, and here's the thing. The thing of it is that some, it's really taking a look at, um, you know, like if you're telling a kid not to do something, you know, you're like, you know, don't play with that knife. And you need to tell that kid enough times that it no longer is in that kid's world because, you know, it's, it's dangerous, don't do it, don't do it, don't do it. So a person has to decide, you know, um, whether they want to work it on the conscious and subconscious level. Because when you work it on the subconscious level, it it just moves faster, right? So so part of it when I work with people is giving them the opportunity to try, you know, in, in the conscious mind tools, it's like you want to do it and you want to do it and you want to do it. The reality of it is that you're, you're, you are retraining your brain so that it doesn't um, operate in a certain way. And that does take time. And some things, like I said, you know, uh, or faster if you're really going into the subconscious mind. But the reality of it is, in the conscious world, the most important thing anybody could do as they're shifting their mindset is you want to be on your team. So the reality of it is when a negative thought comes up, you don't believe it and let it beat you up. You say, you know, this, you know, that's not the truth. The truth is this. So in a lot of ways, the, the core energy you want to have is that you're on your own team and you are showing up for yourself in the most loving and compassionate way as you change your mindset. So you can do it with the conscious and the subconscious, but the most powerful combination, honestly, is doing it with both conscious and subconscious. Um, with and doing it, with, did you say with both? Yes. I, yeah. Okay. Well, and that's an important point to do it lovingly in, rather than self-critically. And I want to talk a little bit more about how you do that with people but first let me tell people how to call in so so you you can actually work with somebody a little bit on the call if they call in they want to change their mindset you can work with them a little bit today during our call right absolutely absolutely that'd be cool okay so here's uh the call 
if you the, the number to call if you want to be that lucky person that Jen works with today and you can go away from this uh, radio show with a new mindset. Wow, that's gold right there. So here is the number. It is uh, 347-215-6138. Again, 347-215-6138. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. That's That's got to be the right number. Uh <laughs> Let's say it is. Give it a try. <laughs> okay. Um, also, if you want to uh, just send in a question, you can do it by email anonymously. Um, you won't get the benefit of Jen working with you, but we'll certainly uh, do our best to respond. Uh, and that email is listeners, plural, listeners at sylviaglobal.com. Listeners at sylviaglobal.com. Um, one other thing, you can go to Twitter uh, and uh, use the hashtag um, NFW for New Feminine Wealth, NFW Radio, and we'll get your question there. All righty. Um, oh, gosh, questions are already coming in on my screen. So, but let, so let's go to you, Jana, and... Let's talk about you a little bit. How you how do you work with people in your practice for this kind of thing? Well, um, you know, usually they're coming because they're in touch with something just feels off in their relationship with money. And um, so, so how I work with someone is we really the first step is we really create like what is your success vision with money. You know, how do you want money in your life? How do you want it to look, feel? Um, you know, how do you want your behaviors to be different? Because cause ultimately, what I know from working with thousands of people is that um, everyone is perfect the way they are. Everyone, literally, their energy is absolutely perfect for who they are and what their mission is and their work in the world is. And our programming is... Uh, other people's concepts, ideas, and beliefs on top of and obscuring who we really are. So in a lot of ways, um, a lot of stress and struggle comes from the programming of who we think we're supposed to be fighting with who we actually are. And um, and money just happens to be one of those things that really just kind of flare up and illuminate um, a lot of those challenges, which is actually really good because to bring those things up, they, they're, they're coming up to come out. So so when I work with someone, we create the success vision. How do they want their life to feel around money? And then um, when I work with them one-on-one, what we're doing is we're going into the subconscious mind, and, and um, we, it, it's that kind of natural trance state that we actually go into naturally twice a day, which is like if you're on the computer too long and you start kind of gelling out or you miss your exit or, you know, you're about to fall asleep, that space between awake and asleep, that's just a natural form of, of hypnosis. Um, mm. And with hypnotherapy, we're specifically using that natural state to get into the subconscious mind where the um, our core um, operating system is. And the subconscious mind controls, like, our, our breath and our, our organs, you know, and all the things that we do automatically. Um, so it's a very powerful piece of equipment. So... 
with the success vision in hand, which is, is really, really powerful. And, and people love their success vision because it feels like, oh, that's what it's meant to be. It just feels right. Um, and so when I work with people who are going in with the success vision and taking a look at all the pieces and parts of them that are not in agreement to them having that relationship with money. And it could be parts of them from when they were little. It could be parts of them from, you know, something that happened with money, you know, or something that happened in a divorce or, you know, and and really we have an internal village of parts of ourselves that when something traumatic happens or something challenging happens or something um, that creates a new belief, it's like a piece of us is frozen in time holding on to that belief. So when, when, in a lot of ways, when I work with people, we're collecting all the parts of them back into present time to um, to fall in love with the vision and really support the vision in happening. Um, because really, you know, how powerful does something have to be to hold us back or stop us from happiness and joy and all of that? It's very powerful. But really, it's a part of it's parts of ourselves that are not in present time and not currently programmed to support our vision with having a great relationship with money. Um, and so it's really a process of collecting all ourselves back into present time so that um, 100% of, of, of the person that I'm working with energy is um, um, in present time supporting them and having a good relationship with money. And I want to point out a lot of people still have an old-time image of hypnosis where it's the hypnotist controlling a person and what you're talking about the kind the hypnosis you're talking about is not that at all it's completely empowering it's and it, you know I can hear from what you're saying as well it's always with a very clear sensitivity to who that person is what they need and it's it leaves them feeling much more empowered and, as you say, operating in present time so they can really actualize their positive vision. Absolutely. The the the, the method that I use is a method that I developed, which is very much like this. It's like when I work with someone, we're a team, and um, we decide what, you know, together what is the highest good for us to work on in that moment. And um, uh, there's a lot of myths and beliefs that in hypnosis you're just completely knocked out and you don't know what's going on. And and the way that I do it's a very permission-based um, way of doing hypnosis where we'll go into the subconscious mind and it's like, you know, um, saying this is what I see, this is what I'm experiencing, do you want to clear this? You know, so it's like we're, 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 we're a team excavating the negative and really allowing the positive of who they are to flow through, you know, in, the, in their lives. Um, so it's it's very empowering because I I start with the with the knowing that they're perfect. There's nothing wrong with them. It's just that something is in the way of their natural abundance and and connection to themselves and to joy and to life, and it happens to be manifesting in the form of money. Yeah, there I have I literally have questions pouring in on my screen. I don't have a, a caller yet, but. <laughs> We might get one, and it's fine for me to just have them on the screen. This is perfect. But I, if somebody out there who really feels like, yeah, I want to just have five minutes with Jen, I think it could really help me, and I t- I'm telling you, it really could, uh, do call that number. It is, I did find out, I was absolutely correct, 347 215 6138. 347-215-6138. So, Jen, I want to go through these questions in the briefest way we can, but still really give people the information that they're asking for. Um, so, one person asks, 
Do Jen's techniques work with families as a whole, or does she only work with family members individually? Oh, that's a great question. Um, yeah. The reality of the reality is this. Um, I have worked with couples not at the same moment. Um, I've worked with, um, but they come in with a with a with an awareness that something's not working, and then I'll work with them individually. Um, and I won't share what I'm working on with each of them, but they have. I've invited them to have a space of communication because one of the beautiful things that happens, Marsha, and I love it, love it, love it, and it's so validating when I work with couples on this is that they discover a lot of the things that they were fighting about with programming that had nothing to do with the partner, but they were projecting onto them. Yeah. You know, and and often, I mean, both couples usually discover, oh, my God, that was my programming. I'm so sorry. And I've worked with a lot of couples kind of individually, and then I'll meet with them together to kind of, you know, see what they've discovered and create a safe space for communication. Um, But in the hypnosis space, I'm working with them individually. But the beautiful thing is um, I worked with this one couple who uh, literally money was the thing that they were going to get a divorce about because they would fight and fight and fight and fight and come to find out their programming around money was so different that, of course, they were fighting. But when the, the programming around money was cleared, what what we discovered was actually their their natural um, money energy or the way that they kind of naturally felt about money without the programming on top of it was very similar, but they couldn't get to it because of the programming. Um, and even when I've worked with couples who their programming is really different, we can find an overlap. Like say one partner is a spender and one partner is a saver and they both light each other up in so much survival, one of them saying you can't spend and one of them saying you're spending too much. But there is always an overlap and a core thing that they each need and they're expressing their behavior in a different way. So when that overlap is um, is met and an, an agreement is made around the money, like if the spender wants to spend, then they're just in touch and or they have a budget. or So, so it's, in a lot of ways it's just removing the programming that makes people fly into fear and irrational behavior so that they can say, Wow, I guess, you know, I'm I, I tend to be more of a spender and you're not how you know, and then helping them create a plan that's that makes them both feel as satisfied as a couple can be that's negotiating. <laughs> but it's often way better than the fighting and the challenges and the and the misunderstanding. Well it becomes productive then. Now here's yeah. one other question that's really good. Um how do I use Jen's techniques to assure my children have a healthy self-image associated with their relationship to money? Oh, that's great. So in a lot of ways, um, you know, the first step is starting to ask them what, what do they think about money, you know. And in a lot of ways, it's it's looking at their, you know, money equals what, you know, because they, I'm sure they already have some ideas. And then, um, you know, uh, and then if they have negative ideas, you can begin to illustrate certain concepts to them through your behavior and what you're doing to help them see a different example. And I'll give you an example of the way I positively programmed my nieces and their friends about money recently. And I had them do a video contest for a project that I was launching. And I said the winner would get each get 10 bucks, and the, the person who doesn't win, they'll each get 5 bucks. There are four kids. And then um, we basically, both videos were great, so we had it be a tie. I each gave them 10 bucks, and I, I told them, I want you to realize that this is showing you that you can get paid for your creativity and your hard work. 
Mm. You know, so in a lot of ways, we can talk all we want, but when you show a kid uh, an example of, um, you know, or create ways in which they can have positive experiences with money, um, you know, uh, see, you know, learn how to earn money. You can create lots of different ways because, you know, most of us learn a lot better in, uh, experientially. So you can find out what they think about money now and then create ways and experiences for them to have that uh, reinforce a positive relationship with money. Yeah, I like that. That's really nice. And it's so rare in our culture that anybody gets taught that they can receive money for their creative creativity or their creative efforts. Mm-hmm. What you've described, you've just described the antidote to the starving artist syndrome. It's true. It's true. And there's a great quote by uh, Napoleon Hill that says, I have rarely seen anybody um, be successful who wasn't having fun. Mm. Love it. Love it. Um, this this is fabulous. I, I love that we're getting questions about family patterns. Um I just love it. Here's this this person from uh Wilmington, Delaware says, "My father inherited wealth. His father, although successful, was an alcoholic with multiple marriages. My mm-hmm. father My father the same. I will be 30 in 6 months. And when I hear people say, "Wow, you are just like your father," it scares me. I am re- I am recently divorced and I met my former wife at a bar. Mm-hmm. So, what would you say? And how you know it often scares us when somebody says you're just like your mother or you're just like your father. There's all kinds of reasons for that to scare us, based on <laughs> own judgments of that parent. But this is a serious uh, family pattern, and I bet most people have a serious family pattern. Mm-hmm. He's speaking for all of us. How do you, what does he do? He wants to break that. Well, the first thing is, is that whenever anybody says something like, you're just like your father, you're just like your mother, you want more information. Oh, yeah, in what way? Because if you see that, his subconscious mind took over and said, it's in all these terrible ways, right? And it could be like, wow, you know, wow, your your dad was really friendly or, you know. So we want to get more information, um, but ultimately, um, we are like our uh, parents in the negative to the extent that we're willing to accept it, right? So, um, you know, it, it's really taking a look at, um, and what I find is once the kind of family programming is cleared, what the person discovers is who they really are. Um, and that doesn't mean that, <clears throat> and for I'll even give my own example. Like, I didn't have a relationship with my dad for years because I grew up in a household that was really violent, and I just thought he was a jerk. And um, um, and what I discovered was, and actually it was because of hypnosis that I could have a relationship with my dad because um, I was able to see in a hypnotherapy session when he was actually being violent with me how sad and lost this human being was. And I was never able to get compassion for him before that experience. Um, and now um, I never gave up on him. I was always in touch, and if he was, like, mean to me, I would just disappear for a while and come back. And I just – I kind of knew that inside of him, deep down in there, there was there was a really good guy, even though it took him a long time to express it. Um, 
And now it's been about five years that I'm in relationship with my dad, that in a positive relationship with my dad. And, you know, he's mellowed out. He's, you know, he's realized that he was a jerk. He's apologized. But I used to hate when people said I was like my dad. But the more I got to know my dad, uh, there's things about my dad that are really good that I have. So in a lot of ways, you want to decide, you know, what aspects of this parent are things that I would like to take with me into the next chapter of my life and what things um, are just not acceptable and I will will not accept in my world. Now, some of those things you might, people might need to get some, you know, subconscious or counseling support or whatever, but ultimately we're not – we're not victims of where we came from. They say it's not the cards you were dealt with, it's how you play them. So it's really about saying, you know, what do I love and honor about this parent that I'm going to take with me and what am I not going to repeat because it's just not, doesn't feel good, it doesn't feel true to me and how how uh, committed am I to not bringing that into my next chapter and if I need help, how committed I am to getting help. It's again, I just want to say how powerful it is to want to change family patterns, and then also what you're talking about is to also individuate ourselves to to find out in what when somebody says, "Well, you're just like your father or your mother to find out well really how exactly how and mm-hmm. ask for details that had never occurred to me. It's like being <laughs> like my father or like my mother is just one blanket statement, and it's you're talking about actually uh, right. not reactive to it, but being inquisitive. And yeah. that in itself is warming. Um, so uh, let me ask something else. Um, what is, this is from Denver. What is a success story that Jen can share? And you've touched on this, but let's see. Let's, let's do another one. And what is the age of the oldest and youngest person you have had success with? Oh, yes, I have had the pleasure of working with um, a woman in her 80s who, um, and then I've, uh, the youngest I can work with is seven, because that's what they say is, is the, uh, the brain is developed enough to do, do hypnosis. Um, but I worked with a woman, let's talk to a success story about my woman in her 80s. This was a very, very wealthy woman. And she had a very powerful pattern of what I call auto-give. Even though she had lots of money, she had inherited, she had properties, she was a very successful um, um, businesswoman under herself. Um, But she struggled with low self-esteem, and um, she kind of let her husband boss her around. And it was like when you meet someone who's so accomplished and they have no idea how accomplished they are because they are so hard on themselves. Um, And... In my experience working with her, what you know, I, I said, okay, what do you want instead? And she's like, I want to feel good about myself. I want to stop giving all my money away because I feel guilty that I have it. And I want to uh, have a better relationship with my significant other um, in, in the sense that um, I want to have a voice in that relationship too. Because she was really at that point where she's like, I'm not happy and I'm okay with um, with not being in that relationship if it's really not a positive, loving relationship. So it's like she was really clear that she knew her programming was blocking her from from having, from giving, from receiving. So um, what, what we did was, you know, we created the success vision um, of, of her money in her life. Like what did she want her life to feel like, look like? Um, and uh, we went into the subconscious mind and, and, you know, 
what I find when I work with people is there's probably like seven to ten situations that are really not just the original heartbreak or the moment that they discover it wasn't safe to be them, but there's other situations that come up which is it, it helps them decide, oh, I'm not good enough or, oh, it's not safe for me to be loved or, oh, you know, there's all these imprints that are created that um, are the filter that people live their lives through. And so what we do is we get rid of any of the filters that are not beneficial, not in present time, not serving. And for her, there was, you know, very negative imprints. Uh, she had a, a, a relationship with her grandfather that, you know, he caught her, um, you know, making out with a boy and just, you know, called her a slut and told her she was not good enough. So, And this was the closest person she was in the whole entire world. So we were able to clear that belief way back there um, when her grandfather said that and we were able to see she was able to see that her grandfather was just scared for her and loved her and these are the things that came out but that weren't really what he thought of her Um, and you know we go back in time and we clear the negative beliefs concepts and ideas so the person isn't constantly looping back so for her what happened was you know after we worked together in my one-on-one VIP program so many things shifted one she um, she she started at that time writing a book. She finished it now. She started um, creating real clear boundaries with, with her husband about what feels good and positive and what doesn't. And in a lot of ways, he was relieved because she was programmed to be so nice and so accommodating that he didn't even feel that she was really there. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. so, wow. so the fact the fact that she was like, that doesn't make me happy. He's like, oh, good. Tell me what does. <laughs> you know, so, so it really improved her relationship. And there were a lot of things that she wouldn't let herself do or have because she felt not good enough. And she started letting herself have that. One of them was, you know, going to flamenco classes. I mean, this one in her 80s, right? And in a lot of ways, when I work with people, they kind of have a, a slightly second childhood because and it doesn't it, they have a second childhood along along the same path as at the same time having a more powerful adulthood because usually we have an inner child that got damaged and didn't feel good enough and when that inner child feels good enough they want to party they want to you know have fun they want to go meet people um and then um that inner child is in present time with their adult self and when our inner child meets our adult self no matter what they think it's that we're the coolest person in the whole entire world and then we don't have a part of us that's not qualified to run our life, trying to run our life. Like an inner child can't run our life, but if it doesn't know that we've grown up and we have all this experience, it hits feelings of fraud and all that stuff. So for her, she became more powerful as a grown-up to her own self and to her and, and showing up for her inner child and making sure it felt seen, loved, and heard. But she was able to set boundaries with her husband that made the relationship better, and she was able to actually begin to enjoy her wealth and begin to make decisions about sharing her wealth. And before, it was out of guilt. You know, out of a guilt. family member needed this. Yeah, I was like, oh, they need this. I have the money. I should. Um, and she really got to own. This is the big thing I help women with money own. I am powerful enough to manifest this. This was no mistake, whether it was an inheritance or whether it was whatever. Like, owning the fact that they manifested it, it belongs to them, and um, really um, validating that manifestation instead of being guilty about it. Really becoming who they are. That's the healing. I, I, I love it when you said this phrase, that when they experience that healing that you, were, that you guide them through, 
they gain a slightly second childhood along with the power <laughs> adulthood. And who wouldn't want that? That's the perfect combination. It's it's a do-over. And we it really the, is. <laughs> we reap the benefits immediately. That, mm-hmm. that, that sounds very, very good to me. I love that. And, and that with that healing, people are really stepping into who they truly are. This woman became substantial, the the substance of who she genuinely was but hadn't activated or, or had been afraid to live in, inwardly or outwardly, got freed, got liberated. And what a gift right. as it, near the end of her life. What a gift. Right, right. Well, she and she's, yeah, she's going to be kicking a long time because she's like, I got some fun to make up for. <laughs> the other, the other cool thing, Marcia, that I love is that when people go through this healing process, they were able to see how everything that was painful actually um, has served them. So they're able to really transform the pain, transform it into, oh, I see. And this made it possible for me to know this and see this and do this and serve in this way. And it, it's not just a do-over. It's a, oh, my God, look how powerful I am. I created all these situations so that I could grow, be more powerful, more amazing. And uh, I call it turning your blocks into gold. Yeah. You know, a listener in Taos, New Mexico, wants to know how they can find a practitioner in their area who does what you do. That's a great question. I don't know anybody who does what I do. Um you know, I work with people on the phone. There's hypnotherapists that you can find, um, you know, but in the sense of the specific methods and ways that I work, I'm the only one that I know until I start training other hypnotherapists, which I'm planning on doing. <laughs> but, but, but you do said something really important there. You do, do work on the phone, and it works beautifully on the phone. Yes, I work with people all over the world on the phone. Um, and and the reality of it is that in hypnosis, your eyes are closed most of the time anyway, and it's uh, uh, it's more powerful to have the transformation in a place that you dwell than going into someone's office. This is in my own experience of actually testing this. Um, and so I work with people on the phone all over the world, and part of it is when they're in hypnosis, they're in their environment. So when they change, their environment changes. Instead of going to someone's office, having this, you know, positive, powerful, shifting experience, and then going back to the old energy where they came from. I can imagine that. I can see how that would be really true. Because sometimes we have experiences. We go to some weekend retreat or workshop, and we can really shift, but then when we come back into our own environment, all the triggers are there. Even just visually looking at what we are normally looking at, I can see how having that transformation happen in your own environment would actually make a difference. Yeah, well, it really does. It really does. Let's do this. We have a few minutes left, um, but I want to make sure that people know how to reach you and... I still have another uh, question, uh, and more might come in, so we'll move along. But first I want to re- uh, remind listeners or, or tell listeners who might have tuned in late, this is Marsha Nelson on the new Feminine Wealth radio show on sylviaglobal.com. Uh, the replay of this very show will be available on sylviaglobal.com. It might take a little while to get there. Sometimes it's instantaneous. Sometimes it might be a day or two or longer, but it will get there for sure. And you just need to go to sylviaglobal.com. You'll see my picture, 
Marsha Nelson, The New Feminine Wealth. Click on it, and you'll see all the replays, including this one. And I am speaking with Jen August, who is a hypnotist who specializes in working with women in business-related issues, money-related issues, and really everything else, because it's all tied together. It's all connected. <laughs> yeah, there's no, yeah. It is, it is all connected. And uh, they can reach you at Jen, uh, jenaugust.com, right? Mm-hmm. That's exactly where. And um, Jen's name is spelled with two N's, but if you misspell it with one, you'll still get there. Jen August, just like the month, dot com. And, you know, I always forget to tell people this, but I'll tell people a little bit about myself, too. I am a coach, confidant, and catalyst for high net worth women. I've been doing various types of coaching with women for 25 years, and I can be found at MarshaNelson.com. And I am the author of a book called Coming Home, The Return to True Self. And I'm currently working on uh, my next book, which is called The New Feminine Wealth. Marcia Yay. Nelson. Yay! MarciaNelson.com. Marcia is spelled M-A-R-T as in Tom, I-A, but you can do M-A-R-S-H-A and it will get you there too. Um, one question I want to address, which will be good for people who missed your last uh, conversation with me, which is also available at sylviaglobal.com in my page of replays. Um, briefly, how did you get to this work? Just and I mean, like in two or three minutes, because I think you've talked more about it in the previous um, show we did, and and we'll be yeah. Yeah, uh, for me, it, it was it, I got to this work because. Um, uh, many, many moons ago, I was uh, trying to create a business, and I was doing everything a person could do to, to allow money to come in, and it wasn't coming in. And so I discovered that there was something blocking something blocking money. And um, I shared on the other call that, um, you know, I had a negative experience where my dad, you know, uh, poured money in my lap and said, this is how much you cost a month when he was talking about the alimony, uh, child support, and it really created an imprint that I wasn't worth money. And, um, you know, after uh, growing up with that imprint and then trying to grow a business where I was literally money-resistant, I, I met a hypnotherapist and worked with him, and it really shifted my belief systems. And then I was like, ah, oh, I need to do this specifically for women around money. And that's really what I've been working on, women in business and women around money. Um, and it's it's just been one of those – it's a perfect example of turning my blocks into gold because I – never planned on being a hypnotherapist. It was just more like this blessed my life and I need to help other people go from struggle to really having a positive relationship with money. So you've lived the benefit of the work of this type of work. You 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 you've benefited from it and you have a natural I would I would call it intuition and um an intelligence, I would say, it's a natural intelligence for this kind of work. And I say this because I have had sessions with you, and that's why I know that you're someone that I want to interview uh, on a regular basis on my show. And as I've mentioned earlier today, uh, you are going to be coming back uh, once in November, and I do want to have you on the show once a month. Um, so 
you've benefited from it and you have a, a natural sense of how to help others. Do you, do you agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I, I really do believe that the universe doesn't kick our butt for no reason. And, you know, often we, we sign up for things that are painful to overcome and go back for the others. And I feel incredibly blessed that the things that were so painful to me are things that I can help people through faster, more effortlessly, and more joyful. And, you know, and that's what my message to people is. It's like you're not, there's never, uh, you know, we're not here to suffer. We're here to, like, overcome and serve other people with our with the challenges we've overcome. So I feel really blessed. I feel really, you know, lucky to be able to let people know that they are, were made perfect. And what's in the way is just some programming that's not who they are. You gave uh, listeners... Uh, a technique to do um, earlier in the program today. We have about two minutes left, and let's give them something else, something you actually you've given us a couple of things, but okay. one other thing, maybe something that they can do in a pinch is that is there such a thing in a pinch they're uh, they're really struggling. Well, one thing that I would invite them to do is write out their success vision for money. What do they want it to feel like, um, which is more important than almost anything. How do they want their relationship with money to feel so that they have a real clear template of what they want their life to be like in, in like everyday feeling with money. Um, and so when they're hitting anything that's the opposite of it, I invite them to get, you know, get themselves back into that feeling, into that money success vision feeling as fast as possible because then they'll vibrate in good things because when we're constantly in a negative feeling about money, we'll just, we're just constantly um, uh, creating the same thing over and over again. So to create a new reality, you have to create new thoughts. So um, you, you just don't let those negative thoughts, you know, play on your playground. You're like, wow, that's negative. And you can say, wow, that's my programming. The truth is, you know, money and I are friends. The truth is... Um, and you want to pick statements that open you up and um, get you thinking and feeling about your um, your money success vision, how you want it to feel. What is the relationship you want to have with money um, based on your choice, based on what would feel good? And, and then you've got to nurture that thought, feeling, and emotion as much as possible. So they, half of it is catching yourself in that familiar grind of that feels so yucky. Mm-hmm. It's awareness, isn't it? Catching yourself. Yeah. And realizing, oh, this is an old belief that doesn't serve me. If it would have helped me, if it could help me, it would. Yes. And yeah. it would have helped if it, if it could have helped me, it would have by now. And then an updated statement. The truth yeah. is money yeah. by our friends. Yeah, uh, compassionately catching yourself. You're right. Catching yourself and then, oh, I see. Okay, right, let's shift this. You want to be so loving to yourself during this process, like you would to like a little kitten that was lost or a little kid that was, you know, missing their parents. You know, you just want to face yourself in the most loving way and be like, okay, we're not doing that anymore and let's shift it. We're not doing that anymore. Let's shift it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Well, Jen, thank you so much for being here today. And if we did not get to your question, tune in uh, with the new Feminine Wealth, and I will have Jen back in the future, and we can get to your question then. This is Marsha Nelson talking with Jen August, www.jenaugust.com, and have a joyful week. <laughs> 